Fred Film Radio, Berlin International Film Festival, Germany. Hi, this is Fred FM. It's Niklas from the 70s Berlinale, 2020 in Berlin. I'm sitting here with Sandra Wollner, and we're talking now about her film, The Trouble of Being Born. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Uh, Sandra, your film, Trouble of Being Born, is your second uh, feature film after The Impossible Picture. It's really tough stuff. I mean, it's, it's about a 10-year-old girl, and she's playful and poetic, and then we kind of get to know her that she is a replicant, a robot, an AI, and that she, she's at the same time like a sex doll for, for her so-called father and an imitation of, of his dad's daughter. So <laughs> where did this um, inspiration come from? <laughs> um, well, the original idea came from Roderick Warich, uh, whom I also, also wrote a script with. He was my co-author. Uh, the idea to make a film about this uh, childlike android. Uh, and what I just found so interesting about it was really the idea of an anti-Pinocchio film about uh, this object that does not want anything at all but only wants what you program it to and whatever that is and it does not care about whether it's your darkest inner wish or longing uh, or if you're the companion of someone else it's too loud right? <coughs> yeah the, there's a film screening that just ended Do you think that it would, be ma it would make a difference if this film would be uh, um, directed by a male director? That's a very hypothetical question. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, d I, cannot, uh, I think I cannot uh, judge that. Depending on the director, I think it may, of course it makes a difference if it's directed by someone else. I don't know how specifically the gender would really affect this uh, film uh, I ask because you can you can kind of feel the the way she the, the girl is uh, presented as kind of eroticizing I think you have to to uh, to specify your uh, your thought on that why would it why do you think it would make a difference um Honestly, I th I think um, I, I'm with you that it's actually not so much a difference, but I can can um, I can imagine that the critics would be more <laughs> critical and more uh, scandalizing um, because the camera operates a bit sometimes a bit with the logic of the of this pedophile. Yeah, but why would uh, why would it be more daring if a if a male director would direct it? I really don't. Uh Well, I don't. I think I don't agree. I think I don't agree. Um, I think it makes a difference to whoever directs it. Of course, uh, it will be a different film. I'm not necessarily sure that the gender of the filmmaker would really make a difference. I mean, but I think our time is maybe a little too short to really think about. Okay, what's the female gaze behind that? What's the male gaze? What is uh, all of that? Um, Because, of course, also me as a female director, I have to slip into different uh, genders uh, with all my characters uh, all the time. I think a male director would 
in the best case do so as well. Okay, let's talk about the form of the film then. Um, I think all of your films, you, uh, of your two films, um, have a very strong cinematic language, and it's very cleverly linked to the um, to the stories. Um, is is this like the reciprocity of form and content? Is this something you you think about and you you really um, implement into your early work on a script? Yeah, I th I think I always question the form. Uh, or sort of formal aspects of the film. I always question, or till so far, whether the film is the right medium as well. So I question, I think, the the medium itself as well. And I think that this film, in a way, is a Weiterführung, uh, like a continuity of my last uh, film, in perspective-wise, uh, especially. I think the last film that was very for most of the time uh, in a radical POV um, uh, point of view camera uh, and where basically at the, at the end uh, inner thought and an outer reality so inner and outer pictures came together um, I think the idea was for me now with this film to start at this point where the other one where I left the other one or where the other one ended in the perspective And this is something you um, you plan to continue, so that you have maybe your third film already in your mind that is again a continuing. Um, not so far. It was also uh, I I didn't even realize in the beginning. You know, I didn't have the agenda to ah okay, I'm gonna continue the last one. I was not finished. I have to talk more. It just came very naturally, um, and uh, no. I I hope that I I, don't, I never will have it as an agenda because otherwise I would be scared to repeat myself to and bore myself uh, at one point. Yeah, but maybe it will become a thing that uh, you you're making films about little girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, specifically not true because it's not a film about a girl but but an android. I think we have to be very uh, um, yeah we have to point that out. True. I um, I was wondering about um, the editing and the VFX. What, what was the VFX? Um, uh, what did you do on that? I I, I was I was wondering um, if you did something on the faces or was it just makeup? She was wearing a mask. So the the girl we uh, Lena Watson, um, the ten year old girl by then, uh, we were working with, uh, was wearing a silicone mask um, every day. So. Uh, for two reasons, she had to look uh, like the older version of her and uh, the other reason uh, also to give her some kind of uh, uncanniness even though it's nearly too perfect to have this uh, point of uncanny uh, valley. Um, and, uh, of course, she the, the good thing is that she won't be recognized if she doesn't want to be recognized, you know. So it was quite an effort, of course, every day to have her uh, for one and a half hours uh, or, or two hours until they had the mask on there. They had to glue it every day. They had to, our um, makeup artist uh, Gabi Grunwald and her team, they had to uh, have for every day a new mask also. So that was quite an, yeah, quite an effort uh, for them as well. 
And um, so the VFX, we had a lot of... Uh, Matthias Halibrand made the uh, VFX. And um, he did a lot of uh, retouch, of course, because uh, especially when you ever... Uh, did that you always will have if you were with the mask work with the mask you will always have the borders you know at least at the lips or at the eyes and so he had to do that thing frame by frame and a lot of invisible um, effects that happened there but also some of them visible um, to objectify the object to show that she is uh, android to show that she is a robot that get changed There was one scene in the forest when you have such a sound collage. Um, did my ears hear right that it's a mixture of rain and opening trouser stalls? Opening trouser stalls? No, I, uh, that's not in there. Ah, really? So it sounds so much. You should you should watch it again. <laughs> and had, uh, obviously an audio hallucination because uh, there was before uh, the opening of an uh, trouser uh, stall. So maybe you mix that together. But that's interesting that your brain does that. I could I could swear, and it's it it's very long. It, uh, the, the sound collage and it's like, like uh, one minute or so. It's like okay, this it has to be a trouser stall. Yeah, that's interesting. Tells me more about you than. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it does. Okay, I think this is a kind of good ending <laughs> of the interview. <laughs> we, are, we have another interview on the German channel of Red FM, where we talk about other things. Uh, you're welcome to, to listen to it if you understand German. This was Niklas from the 70s Berlinale 2020 in Berlin. Fred FM, the festival insider. Fred Film Radio, 24-7 on fred.fm and smartphone apps.